So I heard you paint houses. Yes, yes, I do. I also do my own carpentry work. So are you my brother? Yes, 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 sir, I am. <laughs> you better fucking be. <laughs> <laughs> Forget about it. Oh, that, man. That was a mixture between uh, Schwarzenegger and a uh, mafia guy. I don't know what just came out of my mouth there. but <laughs> well, The Irishman, the Dave, is uh, finally here. Finally absolutely. here. All, you know, it, it only took three years and uh, 30, you know. 30 weeks. <laughs> and seeing screenshots of De Niro on his platform shoes. Yeah. What did you, you think know. of that? <laughs> what did I think of that picture? Well, I mean, like, did seeing the picture make give you, like, a, a different impression of what this movie looks? So it's obviously ridiculous, you know, when they pull that. <laughs> when you see that shot, you're like, oh, Christ, what the hell are they doing here? <laughs> uh, no, not for me. I mean, uh, you, you know, you he needed to look taller. The, guy, the Irishman dude, Frank Shireen, was a, a big guy. So, yeah. And I think, you know. I understood it more than well. De Niro's not a big guy. He's like I don't know five eight five nine something. But I think more than that, I think Hoffa was short. Right. Yeah. And yeah. So yeah, they had to compensate for that. So yeah. Uh, now was this movie? I think it was possibly on. I want to say it was a mine, but was it on both of our most anticipated of 2019? Yeah. Yep. For both. Yeah. Me. I yeah. mean, I was. I mean, I was full bore, ready to go until I saw that three hour, thirty minute runtime. To be quite yeah. honest. Yeah. So full disclosure, Dave is not a. He's not a long movie guy. He. Uh, nope. You know, he's he's a little impatient when it comes to to movies, and it's a it's a it's a wonder why he decided to do a movie <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, you know, he, he, he does sit through it when he has to, and I yeah. make him, you know, sit through it, even though, even if it takes him, even if it takes him days, he'll, he'll, he'll get through it. So, well, that's funny. I commend you. Speaking of Netflix, there's a, there's another Netflix movie that we were talking on, uh, uh before coming on that you, you said I'm interested in, and this was, uh, what is it? What's the name of the movie with Scarlett Johansson and Adam Driver? <laughs> marriage story yeah and uh, you've seen it and you so far not giving too much away you have enough initial impressions to encourage me to watch it correct absolutely yes yeah. i yes and even if you are not interested in yeah. it right from seeing it you should be interested in it from hearing me <laughs> saying it and you you told your movie co-host uh podcast host who does movies about a movie that was great, and his reaction, me, was, eh. <laughs> yeah, I said, watch this, and you said, no. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> that's that's where we're going with this. Right. Uh, so, but if you, love, if you love great acting, Dave, and it's going to be an Oscar contender, you're going to have to watch it. Is there a lot uh, of crying? Uh, I, it's just great acting. Okay. That's all I'm going to say. It feels like there's going to be so. a lot of crying. <laughs> was there a lot of crying in the Irishman? Uh, there was a little bit, I think. Some a little bit, partial yeah. tears. I don't know. You, tears, you watched it as a you watched it in twenty minute increments. So, <laughs> yeah, so over three sure. weeks. Uh, no, actually, but, I saw it in two parts. So I saw the first. I don't know hour and 45 or maybe two <laughs> hours and then watch the remainder of the next day so not not terribly okay. disconnected now i will say in my own defense um i did see an interview with scorsese where uh, he was sort of saying his ideal well his ideal would be you'd go see this thing in the theater um that's number one but of course they had a limited run and he made this deal with netflix and apparently no studio would touch this movie 
in part because uh, while, although the names of the actors and the director are famous, they are all old, and this wasn't perceived to have had much of a draw. So Netflix picked this thing up, and then also the CGI that they used was very expensive. I think this movie had about a hundred and sixty million dollar budget for and for Netflix to pick up that tab was quite quite uh, good on their part to get this thing made. Otherwise, this thing would have never happened. But anyway, my point was he understood. He's like, I'm making this for a different kind of an audience. I'm not I'm not making this for your traditional movie-going audience. So I can understand, yeah, it's three hours, 30 minutes, and you might want to watch this thing in parts, and you may want to go back and watch a little bit here or you know, watch it in however you want to do it. So I think that was part of his filmmaking process or something that he, at least he had in mind when he was making it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, I, I saw that... Uh, him saying that in an interview too and you know yeah I mean it makes total sense I mean yes you know these are big name actors that are you know legendary but yeah they're not really drawing young crowds they're not really drawing you know the 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 youth uh, film uh, goers uh, <laughs> that are you know the audience today so uh, so yeah I can see the apprehensions there about studios not necessarily wanting to make it especially you look at you know De Niro's uh, filmography over the last 10 15 years you know even Pacino Pesci's been retired for you know years, so yeah. I mean, I I could see this being a risk, but but putting these names all together again, and I think for I would assume is the last time, you know, it's 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 something that I'm glad he had the freedom to go three and a half hours long, you know, and and you know just kind of do what he wanted with it, and kind of you know just playing playing his sandbox one last time with with these actors i think that's a great point and yeah i think there was something to that he had he had more freedom and whereas if this was going to be another movie a different circumstance maybe the studio behind him this thing would not be as long um but yeah definitely he's like i've got the chance to make put in this extra material and just you know evaluate it as you will take it here it is it's it's another maybe another 45 minutes than i would otherwise uh, I would have had to trim it down to it. So here I want to tell the the whole story. Funny you mentioned Absolutely. Uh, something about the modern filmmaker, or I'm sorry, the modern film goer with that in mind. And, uh, and just to add on to that, it's, this movie is a lot about Jimmy Hoffa, who most people, including myself, I only know him as a, as a famous person, but didn't really know all the stories behind him. And this movie, um, took some time to really tell you who he was i mean he was a very right. a, a very famous person and, and i even knew that but i didn't know exactly how and why in all the context yeah i was gonna ask you how much you knew about him and what uh, what you did know about him and i'm i'm the same way yeah i knew he was famous i knew he disappeared and you know there were rumors about where his body was buried under giant stadium Buried, yeah, buried under giant stadium. You know, heard all those rumors, and and being from you know the Detroit area myself, you know, I heard you know things a lot about it. But I I, I was always under the impression he was like a mobster. Like I, I thought he was like a, a mafia guy and was actually you know part of the mob. But he really just kind of used them. Um, yeah, which I found out in this movie, you know, and I had no idea he was a teamster and part of a, you know, the whole union thing. And I, I had no idea. So this, this movie was very educational for me. (laughs) (laughs) uh, that's exactly right. I mean, you kind of, the impression of him was that he was crooked in some way. Right. Right. And he definitely walks a very fine line throughout, which is to say that he's not a mobster himself, but 
and he takes a high road against these people, but yet he's willing. He does business with them constantly, and it was right. one of the people like fund, you know, and funding their operations and doing business with them because they sort of had at least like mind for whatever they were trying to do. So he tries to play both sides, you know, take the high road here, but then also you know get into the dirt a little bit to get what he wants done. If he needed someone to go crack some heads, who's he gonna? Who who is he gonna call? Which you know maybe it was gonna be the mob or something. Um, so he's a very interesting figure historically. That uh, it's strange now. This isn't that long ago. Much of this right, history, yeah. you know, we're looking at you know it's 50s, 60s, 70s, and somehow all this whole world is like just completely been disappeared from our memories. I know. Yeah, it is crazy just how quickly you know things have ha- you know happened, and then just how yeah not long ago it was um yeah that's that's a good point but uh uh you know th- th- this movie you know it does typical you know S- S- scorsese fashion where it you know goes over a-, a span of time you know it doesn't just do you know the it's like takes place in a week or two weeks or something like that it's it's a span of many years like 40 is, yeah um and uh, so, yeah, that's where we get the uh, de-aging technology uh, with young uh, uh, De Niro, Pacino, Pesci. Uh, what would you would you think of this uh, this de-aging stuff? Look, I mean, it's, what do I say? It was expensive, and I think it did its job. You know, you're not going to look at De Niro and be like, oh, I mean, there's no circumstance where you can look at an actor and be like, okay, he really looks like he's 35 years old when the, you know the actor is 70 or 75 right. or whatever. And yeah, that's that. That was my thing too. I, I definitely like. I, I knew that was De Niro as a seventy-year-old man, like <laughs> or seventy-five-year-old, whatever he is. Like I, I, I knew it was, you know, CGI. So yeah. I, I almost wonder, like, if it would have been better to use younger actors for those scenes. But no, I, at the same time, I was fine with it. Um, yeah, I think I'm. Well, I think maybe, I, maybe I'll say this differently. I, I, I understand what they're doing. And no, I think it's good to have the actor. They're just portraying. I think this is a fine and acceptable way for me so far to portray a younger version of themselves. Yeah. At least, look, the choice is get another actor or have the 70-year-old play a 40-year-old. And that's not going to work. Right, yeah. So this, to yeah. me, is a, is a happy medium. I'd rather see De Niro actually act these parts out and uh, oh yeah definitely and another interview i saw with uh scorsese he was he got really into detail or maybe it was the same interview i don't know but he was saying how he was uh directing these actors to say look you're in this scene you're acting as a 45 year old and another scene you're acting as a 55 year or 70 year old or something and you know you don't pop out of your seat when you're 75 yeah yeah you know i saw that too Yeah, yeah i think it was uh there's like a where they're sitting at a dinner table Doing an interview is that the one you watched? I think so. Yeah, um, same one. I think this yeah. one was referring directly to Pacino because yeah, because of, because of his age, you know, and it's and he is going further, you know. It's the little details which makes great movies. You know, it's your posture, it's it's your voice in some way, um, right? Yeah, and, and that sort of thing. Just it's not it's not just CGI. You know, that's more of right, a yeah, that's more of a George Lucas thing. We're just gonna yeah, exactly computer generate <laughs> it and forget about all the other stuff. You yeah. know, when you're older, you're hunched over. You don't. Yeah. It's you're slow moving. You know you walk different. You know, but when you're yeah, and I love that Scorsese pay, pays attention to those details. Still, you know, he's like it's a forty five year old man. You're getting out of the chair like a seventy year old. Like, like <laughs> he, and he notices that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I thought that was great. Um. And uh. So yeah, I mean, going into the to the the story a little bit. I mean, we got this up and coming. 
Robert De Niro basically pay, pl- plays this up and coming person in the mafia. He, you know, gets involved with uh, uh, Russell Buffalino, who uh, is uh, Joe Joe Pesci's character, um, who works under I think uh, Harvey Keitel's character, uh, who I think is the main boss in that. Yeah, and, Angelo uh, something. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, Pesci, you know, immediately takes a liking to De Niro's character. De Niro's Irish, he's Irish, but he also speaks Italian because of the war. Um, and uh, uh, by the yeah, way, I actually think uh, just to step in for a second, I think De Niro is actually uh, himself is actually partly or half Irish or something in real life. Yeah, yeah, they did that with him in Goodfellas too. So yeah, I think, I think yeah, he is he is part Irish. So makes sense um uh and i love the the little touches they put i love the the touch that uh uh russell you know joe pesci's character married someone who's like from the old country that goes way back to basically the or the origins of the mafia italian mayflower yeah (laughs) she understood what he was doing and you know that's where her family came from and he comes home with a bloody shirt and she she knows what he did you know and you know she's like all right let me just put that in the wash for you take your shoes off (laughs) just just go upstairs you know it's uh you know definitely a a felt like a good fellas moment where you know is walking in there but yeah i thought the the cgi in that scene was great or you know with his uh the de-aging of of Mr. Joe Pesci, coming out of retirement for this role, what did you think of Joe Pesci? I thought Joe Pesci nailed it, hit it out of yeah. the park completely. And, you know, he's not a manic, crazy, terrify you kind of guy. And it's so good to see him in a different kind of role. And I, I, was, I watched this with my wife, and I was, was like, just his looks – he gives just a little look and it tells a whole story. I mean, I don't really even, I mean, he had a, a number of lines in this movie, but everything was so low key and just all in the, in his facial expressions and his like tone of voice. I thought he was great. Yeah. There was a lot of physical acting here, you know, with facial expressions and yeah, just his body movement, things like that. It, Yeah. It's, it's, uh reserved joe pesci role and it just it just shows finally just what range this guy does have he doesn't have to play this insane guy who will just shoot you know shoot someone in the foot because (laughs) you know he (laughs) got talked uh down to by the kid uh you know uh, <laughs> uh, Anthony from the Sopranos. Yes, yeah. thank you. <laughs> uh, now, I also I think it also shows, just in my own opinion, as it shows how much Scorsese loves Joe Pesci. You know, yes, <laughs> he definitely he lo- he really does. Yeah. I mean, especially to to bring him back. I think De Niro loves him too. And oh yeah, I think De, De Niro. I, I saw some interviews that De Niro had to fight. Uh, you know, he basically just kept bothering Pesci over and over and over to to get him to come back and and play this role. Um, so I thought that was great. Um, I got two things I want to hit uh, before we go much farther, yeah. which is to piggyback on your point uh, just a couple minutes ago about uh, sort of this lifestyle again. Joe Pesci's wife, you know, the Italian Mayflower. You know, they think uh, you know this is their world, and they kind of ran it. Uh, and what it, and it, it it's this phrase of you know it is what it is, and right, yep. And it's so crazy to this lifestyle is so insane that 
you know, when you meet these characters throughout the movie, the, the camera will pause and there'll be this white script that says, you know, blown up, shot in the head in July 1980 right, you know, yeah. or something. And all of these people, they're all dead men walking. And for what, you know? Yeah. No, that's, yeah, that's great because, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, touches on what he says a couple times at the end is, you know, telling De Niro, like, it's what it is, you know, it is what it is. You know, you got to tell Pacino that. You got to tell Hoffa that. Um, and I, I love the the whole dynamic of it being, you know, kind of De Niro's character in the middle. You know, he's he's kind of like he's torn. He's close with Hoffa, but he's in this life. He's in this mob life. He, you know, he, there's no escaping that. We've learned that from many a uh, mob, you know, mobster movies we've seen. <laughs> well, that, uh, there, there's. There's no escape from this life. No, um, and it, you know what's interesting about. Uh, I do want to have a point. I want to try to get back to. Uh, but yeah, what's interesting about it is he. What's different about this movie and different about different mobster movies? This isn't Goodfellas. This isn't Casino. In the sense that this is someone who didn't get sucked into a life per se, but who dove headfirst into it, and it, yep, and it wasn't. Um, and this idea that he's a World War II soldier veteran played a large role into this story. Whereas this is a this is a you're already getting a killer. You're not getting right. someone who needs to have his conscience turned or get someone who needs to like you know stomach violence or something like that. He's essentially yeah. like a merc, uh, you know, a, a beef delivery truck guy who turns out to be just be a mercenary for hire, or just whoever wants to hire him. <laughs> you know? Right? Yeah. Yeah, and it you know they even show that that one scene of him in the war where he has the guys dig their graves and he tells them to get up and you know just shoots them like just point blank range because he was taking orders from the person higher up. You do what you're told. Yeah, you know, and I think yeah, his that, mob that work mentality. was essentially the same thing. That's what he yeah he just exactly com- compartmentalize. I'm just right. at war, just at home. Right make these guys dig their own graves and then shoot them in it and <laughs> they're they're done yeah uh so yeah it's 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 crazy and then yeah he's he's you know essentially the same thing with the mob and then you know he gets in with you know stealing the stealing the steaks and the you know the whole you know butcher <laughs> butcher trucks she's seen and that's how he gets in with ray romano's character you know what i love uh, about this this yeah. this plan is it made no goddamn sense and when i'm watching it i'm like well how what do you mean you're going to sell to this guy? Because you got you're not going to just create a a whole cow out of nowhere, right? And then, right. Yeah. Sure enough, shortly after that, he gets arrested for stealing right, cows. Yeah. <laughs> yep. But they couldn't they couldn't prove any wrongdoing. Yeah. You know that's uh, that's the beauty of being a union worker. Yeah. Uh, and Ray Romano uh, was feeling him out, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 yeah he's like, you would, would you know, would you give up any names? You know, you could, you could, you know, do a lot less time if you don't give up any names. And he's like, no, I'm not going to do that. Um, and then, you know, funny little scene when he's like, so did, did you do it? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that was a good back and forth there. Um, uh, yeah, so like the soft spot for Ray Romano and this was great. Um, the, the thing I do want to mention, so here we are in the beginning. I thought this was a glorious first hour and 15. I thought this thing like started it already like almost into a pace and kept it up for that whole right. section of this, you know, more say beginning third of this movie has just an right. amazing pace. It's probably the most rewatchable 
uh, part of the movie, I think, and something you could just yeah, definitely kind of throw on without necessarily even finishing the movie. Just the way this character gets introduced, um, which is something I, I did want to hit on that I hinted at earlier, is that uh, we open this film uh, on a dolly, I guess, right? Um, to yep, in the still of the night. This is this just feels like Scorsese, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, as soon as the, the movie started, I was like, wow, we're starting with a classic Scorsese tracking shot. Yep, it's just moving just in. One shot, yep. you know, and then right to De Niro. Now we're... And it, go ahead. No, I was just going to say in the classic, you know, uh, Robert De Niro narration, and then the character just all of a sudden starts talking yep. as the narrator, too. And yeah, classic classic scorsese there it's so good it's such a great open uh but yeah. well, my question for you and just sort of a thought i had is scorsese is not getting any younger all these actors aren't getting any younger in fact they're we don't know how much longer they'll all you know be on this earth with us um and it feels a little bit like scorsese's movies at least these kinds of movies not not all of them but they follow his own stage of life in his age and now he's older and all these actors are older it, it feels like kind of the end of something you know i mean we open this movie basically in a what a nursing home essentially yep yep and whereas yeah. it, you know we didn't start in a nursing home in goodfellas we started with a kid right and Right, yeah. Or something. So I think, I mean, Scorsese wasn't a kid for Goodfellas, but that idea that he's sort of, you know, the, all the characters in Goodfellas were, you know, around Scorsese's age, you know, like 30s, 40s, and now he's older, and he's, I think he's got old age and sort of death on the mind at his age, which I don't, yeah. I don't blame him for, but exploring those ideas in depth. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, he's, you know, his, his movies are growing with him, you know, they're, they're aging with him. And, uh, yeah, I definitely think he's, he's got that, uh, on the mind and, you know, to touch back to your point of them, like showing little blurbs about this person was shot in the face three times and, you know, all this, you know, and, you know, De Niro ends up being the only one left and with no one and is, you know, one of the only ones to die of natural causes. Yeah. Um, you know, he's, he's sit, he's, he's there with his guilt and his, you know, his, his, his remorse and, you know, he's, he's, he's got nothing. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I don't know if, uh, Scorsese's trying to show that, Hey, we're gonna, <laughs> we're, we're all gonna die with, with, uh, with nothing unless you reconcile maybe relationships you have reconcile, you know, just anything that you need to do to, yeah have a fulfilling end to your life i guess that's a massive massive thing running through this movie the whole time and actually i mean this in the end despite its sort of flair and everything is about as cynical a movie as maybe chinatown isn't it uh how so what do you mean well in a sense we're like um well chinatown is more like everything you do sucks and you know the world sucks but this right, one is sort yeah. of like there's no hope for me in this world you know right. I, I mean i made my choices and i sort of have to just I have to die with them. I, I, I right. I'm not going to be redeemed, you know. And I, I sort of liked that. Yeah, no, definitely. And and that kind of reminds me that uh, he, they keep showing his daughter throughout the movie, the one who like doesn't say a word. Yeah, Anna Paquin. Who, who yeah, who eventually yeah, is played by Anna Paquin when she's older. And that's almost like I don't know. I kind of felt like that was the. I don't know, like. Uh, uh, Jimmy is that his name? Uh, the Irishman, anyways. The the Frank. Irishman's character, 
Frank, thank you. Uh, Jimmy was his name in Goodfellas. Um, there's a Jimmy, well, there's a Jimmy Hoffa. There's like a Jimmy, a Frank, and a Tony, I think, yeah. in every Scorsese movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, the, the daughter kind of almost felt like to, to Frank, you know, almost like his his conscience, like or that kind of like thing to tell you like, I'm not, there's something I'm not doing right. And I have this constant reminder here that's always looking me in the face, looking down on me. Yeah. Even when she was a little girl, Um, you know, and it's, I I definitely think that's what they were doing because they kept, you know, I've watched this twice now and they, 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 Scorsese made a point to keep showing her when she was little, not saying a word, just kind of looking down at her father, like, you're awful, you know. Yeah, <laughs> um, she knew what. Oh, well, they all—all all of his daughters knew what he was and what he did. And yeah, those looks were. She didn't need to say anything, right? Yeah, that was yeah. that was like the uh, not a conscience, I don't think, but just a some something there saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. I, yeah, I don't know. Like uh, I don't know. Almost like, a scold in a sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I thought that that was quite uh, symbolic and quite interesting. Uh, now uh, I know you know we're I, I don't think either of us have really gone deep into the El Pacino filmography. I mean, obviously we've seen him in quite a bit, but not like you know the the Serpicos and the Dog Day Afternoons things like that. Uh, what uh, what were your thoughts on El Pacino um, in this in this film as Jimmy? the 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 famous Jimmy Hoffa. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I'd agree. Yeah, we certainly haven't. I mean, we you know, there's Scarface, and then you know, The Godfather, and then uh, I think he did a, a lot of amazing work in the '70s, as you said that you and I don't think I've have seen. And then he gets older, and you know, seen you know, he I don't know. I mean, how many how many Al Pacino movies have I actually seen? If I was to really count them up, probably not as many as I should have. Um, yeah, uh, but I think he was really good. But I also think it was sort of over the top, and there was a bit too much of it. Not, and I want to take away, and maybe this is what we talked about in the beginning, that Scorsese just sort of let this thing run and tell the whole story. Um, I, I, I want to. He did a great job, but I don't know. I think some of that could have been cut out um, on the final product. Those are my thoughts. Yeah. Yeah, I know uh, there were some things you texted me that I want you to go into a little bit. But um, <laughs> do you want to go into that but, now? Uh, that, it didn't have anything to do with the performance. I think it had to do with the story. Well, yeah, and, there's uh, the, there's the story. Um, do you want to go to? This? I'll just say it now. I mean, there's yeah, go there's ahead. something going on towards the end of the movie, and essentially, uh, Hoffa ends up in in prison, goes gets out of prison, and wants to take his union back, and he's pissing off the mob because the guy who replaced Hoffa is just putting all giving all these loans to the mob guys for them to do their casinos because the banks wouldn't lend to them um, for one because of the people who wanted the loans and two because they didn't think casino lending was uh, it was I guess they thought it figured it would be risky like too risky banks didn't right. want to lend for that sort of an operation because it was gambling so and Hoffa's just not being quiet he's like he's kind of blowing up their spot and this is the thing that we talked about earlier as well is that you know Hoffa tr- wants to take the high road but he's you know he's working with these people you can't just go and tell them that they suck and you're going to end all this stuff so the mob is pissed off so they're sending all these messages and uh you know pesci tells de niro to go tell (laughs) to go tell hoffa hey man you need to keep your mouth shut and hoffa's like i don't really want to keep my mouth shut so then he goes and tells the other guy and the mob boss goes back and tells (laughs) tells tells pesci and tells de niro to tell him to keep his mouth shut then he goes and tells hoffa to keep his mouth shut and hoffa (laughs) says no i'm not going to keep my mouth shut so then de niro goes back and tells pesci that he's not going to keep his mouth i mean this goes back and forth like 20 
freaking times. Like, this is like a half hour out of the movie of them just neither <laughs> one of them communicating. <laughs> yeah, I guess that I guess they could have cut out some some stuff there. You know, they could have cut out <laughs> the three hours and thirty minutes of of this movie. I'm sure they could have trimmed quite a bit of that. Um, but uh, but I don't know. I just kind of think it adds to and helps us understand De Niro's dilemma. Yeah. Uh, in it. Well, and, he's caught in the uh, middle, and that, that's the point. Yeah, he's he, he, he's caught in the middle. But yeah, you get the point after two times of that. Not you know. Honestly, I'm like, <laughs> just kill Hoffa already, just to shut the guy up. <laughs> yeah, he won't shut up. <laughs> and I and I love the one time when you know I think uh, uh, Joe Pesci or De Niro alludes to it to Hoffa, and he's like, oh, they wouldn't dare, they wouldn't dare. You know, because because Hoffa's got this this thing where he thinks he he has the power. You know, yep. he's he he has the the power over them. But well, he says he's what? got like yeah. blackmail material, apparently, right, or something. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. And and that's essentially what happens. I mean, after ever you know he gets killed. I mean, that's when everyone else dies and is you know De Niro again is the only one left uh, at the at the end. Um, yeah. So he was sort uh, of right. Uh, although it's also well, I don't know how much they didn't really say in the movie how much like material actually got. Done, but anyone, any basically any known associates of Jimmy Hoffa were basically all sent to jail, right? Yeah, basically, yeah. Uh, implicated, because yeah, he I mean, was a famous person. I mean, so he, he, in one sense, he was right, but God, man, you're going around prancing like you're untouchable. At some, I mean, you've seen, you know these mob people, right? I mean, you see the way right. they act. You're just going to, you're going to piss them off to the point where they're just going to fucking kill you. Right. They, they, they don't they don't care the consequences, almost of their own self-respect, I think, at that point. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it, you can tell how many people they've killed with all the... <laughs> the 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 scenes of uh, De Niro throwing all the guns in the in the river. That's hilarious. He's saying it would it could arm a small country. <laughs> and there's so many shots like when De Niro kills someone, it's always point blank range. Like he shoots them right in the face, like a, a foot away from them. I was a little shocked by that. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but uh, to answer my own question that I asked to you about what I thought of Pacino um, was uh, I, I loved Pacino in this. I, I didn't think it was over the top. I thought, uh, I, I, I don't know, just something about the way he um, just just the way he delivered his lines, the way he, uh, you know, showed he didn't really show him. He showed anger. Well, like that one um, scene was like, I'm going to jail. That was an amazing performance. Yeah, 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 that was great. And that's when, uh, is that the one where De Niro walks yeah, away? Yeah, He's so, like, yeah. I quit, I quit. He's like, no, no, I didn't mean yeah, you. Yeah. I didn't even see you standing there. That was amazing. <laughs> the love is, I don't know if Hoffa really did this, but man, he he's obsessed with ice cream. I don't know <laughs> what that's He likes his ice cream sundaes. He, he loves his ice cream sundaes. Oh, and that um, uh, those hot dogs where they steam them in beer, that sounds really good. The chili dogs? Yeah, yeah. I want to I want to try <laughs> that, that actually. <laughs> it sounds delicious. Uh, but uh but yeah, I mean it's uh it's it's you know, I I I liked his performance a lot. And then we got to uh, uh, Todd from Breaking Bad. He's in this. Jesse Plemons as uh, Hoffa's son. Yeah. Um uh I love the scene with uh uh Al Pacino and and Pro, the guy they call Pro after they both get out of jail after they had that little fight in jail. Well, that even that scene and was in jail was great. Yeah, the the jail scene was great, and then when they meet after, Pro shows up with shorts and late. is fifteen minutes late. 
uh, that that whole scene was amazing because you got the two guys, you got De Niro and Pro's guy, like trying to calm calm them down and be like, "Come on, you know, come," on. you know, they're just like, just, "Let's just let's just talk." Well, they argued for about five minutes over what's an acceptable um, amount of leeway given to somebody being late because I think he was, I think right. he was, uh, I think uh, this is right. I think Hoffa says fifteen is acceptable given traffic or something, and then Pro was like, "No, twenty or something or whatever it was." They were fighting over that yeah. and over and over. We're trying to do a meeting. You need this guy, Pro, to give you the endorsement so that you can take your union back and you won't just for just hold your tongue for two seconds just to make, make right. peace with the man to give you the thing that right. you want. I mean, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I uh yeah, it's it's um yeah, it's it, I I don't I assume what Hoffa was really like this in real life. Like he was just so, you know, prideful that he and just headstrong, right? Yeah, headstrong wouldn't wouldn't keep his mouth shut. Um, it's one of those things where it's like you know your your best quality can be your worst quality, right? Yeah, exactly. Because he um, did, you know, it, he he seemed to do some great things. I mean, he he gives that he's got those guys behind him, you know, and not for I don't think uh, bad reasons. Now you're working with shady people to accomplish those things necessarily. I mean, he has that speech where you know if it if it came on a truck. You know, it was delivered by our guys. And, you know, the day we right. decide that we stop the trucks is the day, you know, the economy stops. And, you know, we're not just I'm not just a grunt driving a truck. You know, I'm 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 a part of something. I'm a part of some I need to be recognized for my contribution to the economy, to society, and I need to be properly compensated for that. I got no problem with that at all. Definitely. And I actually, uh, the first time I watched it, I don't think I appreciated it as much because I, I really have no idea about Teamsters and unions and the International Brotherhood of, of Teamsters. Like, I had no idea about that stuff. The, well, the word so Teamster is kind of weird, right? It's It doesn't really tell you anything. It's like, what the hell yeah, is a Teamster? It, <laughs> yeah, I know. Basically, I assume just a union worker. I, I assume that's what, what that mm-hmm. is. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, you know, there, there was, I was confused at what was, what was going on, but when I watched it again, doing, after doing some research, I was like, ah, I see, I see what's going on now. Yeah. Um, and if you could run your local <laughs> union, you, it, it, it's, 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 it's all politics, right? It's not just, yeah. you have to get the support of the guys, even though someone might have to sway it, but you have to. You know, people have to like you, and you have to, and you you are you have to sort of be a leader. And that was one of the things right. with Pro; he was just a mob guy, and you know, it didn't quite work for him necessarily. Or you, or if you did, you had to like sort of you know pay people off or something like that. Also, there was interesting one. Pro a Pro was golfing with with Richard Nixon. I didn't know. I don't know if that's true or yeah. not. That was interesting. <laughs> yeah, I know that was that was Nixon that golfed was with mobsters. I didn't know that. I apparently, <laughs> I mean, and and Hoffa wanted him. He was not happy that. Uh, 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 John F. Kennedy became president. Uh, uh, so here's another one called interesting, but maybe too much time spent on. But I still enjoyed it. Was the the the, the Kennedy hate? I thought that was interesting. It was a different perspective. Yeah, because called kept calling him Booby Kennedy. Yeah, Bobby Kennedy, Booby Kennedy, and uh, Kennedy's. <laughs> no, but yeah, it is. It is very interesting. Yeah, uh, I uh, I got more out of it the second time I watched it because Kennedy's father Joe was a bootlegger and. Uh, dealt with the mob, and uh, I mean this this whole this thing about um, the mob securing Illinois for Kennedy is not a conspiracy theory. Um, you know, it's I mean it's never, I mean it it's highly suggested that they basically fixed 
the election for Kennedy. The mob did. And he right. didn't do what... Yeah, yeah, definitely. And this whole Castro tie-in... And, and, yeah. No, I was just going to say, and, uh, but at the same time, uh, isn't, uh, isn't it a theory that the mob was involved in his assassination? Oh, I mean, this movie basically says it. I mean, they yeah. they got rid of Kennedy because Kennedy, Kennedy was supposed to come in and get rid of Castro in Cuba so the mob can go operate in Cuba. He failed because he did the Bay of Pigs invasion, which is a complete embarrassment, absolute failure, total yep. horrible screw-up. And so they couldn't get rid of Castro, so they killed Kennedy for it, apparently. At least that's what the movie basically says. And yeah. see you later. <laughs> that's yeah. Like, there's American Bay history. Invasion. Yeah. I first heard that uh, saying from Billy Joel's We Didn't Start the Fire. So there's a fun fact for you. Uh, <laughs> I love how this uh, whole movie kind of starts with uh, and ends with, you know, they're basically going to a wedding. Uh, you know, they're, they're, they keep, you know, having these little cutaways to old man De Niro and Pesci driving to this wedding. And that's this is the trip that basically Pesci tells De Niro that he's got to go. You know, Hoffa's got to go. And this is after that dinner where Hoffa uh, presents uh, Frank Shireen with the uh, with the award. Um I'm not even sure what kind of award it was. He gets the watch. He gets the ring. Some kind of a lifetime achievement Pesci. or something, right? Yeah, some sort of achievement. He gets the ring from Pesci that he says only only three people have this ring. Only one of them is Irish, you know. Um, uh, so that was that was a nice little scene. Um, yeah, it's playing with timelines, and yeah, as you said, that the sort of most recent timeline is interesting because it shows. It's it's leading to something. It's not just like a retrospective, which in the in the beginning it sort of is. You know, they run across right. that Texaco station where they first meet, uh, and they're kind of moving through things. And then yeah, but it has, oh wow, he's doing this now. This is all leading to this. Wow. Yep. Yep. And when he just the way P- Pesci delivers the line, you know, to to De Niro, like De Niro's just like I I thought we were going to Detroit uh, in the morning. He's like. No, you're you're gonna go to Detroit now, you know. You're you're gonna go now. Like the he's eating cereal and just kind of just calmly just telling him like, it is what it is. You gotta go. He takes him to the airport, has him take off his sunglasses. Do you know what that's about? Why do you have him take off his sunglasses? No, I didn't get that at all. I don't. I don't know. I I was thinking about it a little. I don't know if it has to do with. Uh, I don't know. Like he didn't want to like have him be able to hide behind his sunglasses like he wanted Hoffa to be able to see his eyes maybe I, I yeah I wasn't sure uh about that but um but yeah basically as a they go to a private jet and he's gonna set up a meeting with Hoffa to uh basically kill him uh, yeah because we're going back to this meeting with Pro basically back to Miami to make up with this guy so that everyone can sort of get along and move forward you often you right. can get his union back, you know, with some understandings of, you know, just don't cause any trouble. We'll we'll get you the union back and just kind of, you know, be normal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And just just chill out. Right. And so they're trying to set up some kind of a meeting. Hoffa refuses to meet. He'll meet with everybody except for Pro. And then all of a sudden he calls and be like, oh, yeah, I'm meeting Pro. And De Niro's like, oh, no, this is bad. I want to I want to be there to protect him. Turns out he's being sent there not to protect him he's got his orders yeah. <laughs> not so much you know this is one of the, the opposite right and this is this is where it goes past uh humanity friendship these these are orders 
This is like the yep. military. I mean, and he doesn't have a choice here. He kind of has to go along with it because it means yeah, not only his life, but also his family's life. Absolutely. And he, he, he when he even gets to the house in Michigan, you get the guy setting up like the linoleum floor so the blood will be able to be cleaned up easily. Um, and, uh, and then they're getting in the car with uh, uh, Hoffa's son and... The guy says, no, I'll ride in the back. And, and De Niro's like, no, no, I'm riding in the back. You sit in the front because this is the guy that choked out somebody earlier in the movie. Right. Uh, and, and killed him. So, <laughs> so De Niro's like, he, he's he he doesn't really even know what's going on. He just, you know, he's, so he's like, he's not trusting anyone. He's like, no, I'm sitting in the back. I loved that. Um, I don't care and, if there's uh, a fish that was in the back seat, you know. Yeah. <laughs> What was that all about? What was this fish scene all about? I don't know. Was this just some comedy Scorsese wanted to throw in here? Just <laughs> I couldn't tell if someone told the Jesse Plemons character, who's Hoffa's son, to, to to say that for some reason to get De Niro in the front. I I, I don't really know. And then he wouldn't go along with it. That, that was the only thing I could think of, other than just to have some silly dialogue. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that was I. I found that very weird. Or to, or maybe they wanted, they thought maybe Hoffa would have sat in this in the front there. Oh, okay. You know, and then they would have killed him like that. But that, yeah, um, I don't, yeah, it's strange. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. It was it was it was weird. Um, uh, but anyways, it was funny. <laughs> He's like, well, what kind of fish did you get? <laughs> He's like. I don't know. Just you know, when you get at the store, I just ask for a fish. <laughs> the fish, the fishmonger. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, uh, so yeah, they pick up Hoffa at the Red Fox Inn, I think it yep. is, which I, I th- I've I've seen in Michigan, being from Michigan. Um, Did this neighborhood look like uh, somewhat where similar to where you lived, or what? Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, it looked like a Midwest town. I mean, it you know, it uh, you know. It, it, yes, it looked familiar, but to I'm sure many mid Midwesterners. Um, but yeah, they get to the house; it's empty, and Hoff is like, "Nah, we 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 gotta go, we gotta go." And that's when uh, uh, De Niro has to shoot him point blank range. Boom. Again, it's so fast and so matter of fact; it just it just yeah. does it. And uh, yep. by the way, to to paint a house is to kill a man. And yep. the blood that splattered the blood or I'm sorry, the paint is the blood that splatters on the walls and floors. And we Yeah, and I think the carpentry is uh you also dispose of the body yourself. Right. I think that's what he meant by that at the uh begin you know, when he first talks to Hoffa on the phone. Um but yeah, yeah, it's that, that was uh, you talking to me. Huh? Yeah, oh yeah, that was me talking to you. <laughs> I uh you know. But Dave, we were talking in code there. You know, let's not let's not release our secrets here. Oh yeah, yeah, here. yeah. Let's not. You know, can't uh, can't be releasing no secrets. But <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, this is De Niro. I mean, this is this is a family friend. This is a guy who you know went out with his family. His and, family loves. You know, I mean, arguably, yeah, his daughters absolutely. love Hoffa more than they love their own father. Yeah, and they love him more than they love Pesci because that was an interesting. Oh, scene they did not bowling. like him. Yeah, when they're bowling and Pesci's like, "Come, come here." He's like, "Your your daughter doesn't like me." You know, it's uh, that was an awkward scene. It made me. It was very uncomfortable. Oh, it's bad because they know. Yeah, they know who he is. Yeah. they don't know exactly everything right. he does, but they know who he is, what he represents, and and they know that their father went one way because essentially of this man. Right. Yep. 
Absolutely. And uh, yeah, it's it, I love that little touch because, yeah, I mean, they t- they take right away to Hoffa. I mean, yeah. Yeah. He kind of uses the mob, but he's not a mobster. No. You know, he's not he's not killing people himself and things like that. Bet, yeah. Between um, essentially Pesci, De Niro and the family and De Niro's family is essentially we know that you know that I know that you know that we know kind of a thing. You know, <laughs> yes, everything exactly. is so unspoken, literally. Yep. And they're, they all know what the deal is, and it's essentially insurmountable. Yeah, yeah. There's it's, no reconciling. Yeah, it's, like, can you imagine that life? Like, that's just... <laughs> and and it's, it's real. That's a crazy thing. Like, people actually led these lives. People did this in real and life. And for what, Dave. right? <laughs> I think that's right. what I was saying earlier. To, you know, to die alone in a nursing just, home. It's, it's so it's such a cynical life. That's, you know, what I was right. thinking maybe of Chinatown a little bit is just that that cynicism towards things. Well, screw it. I'll just go be this guy. And yeah. You know, you know, what good is your expensive suit and your expensive meal if the moment you walk out of the restaurant someone's just going to shoot you in the head and you never even knew it was coming. You know what what's the point of that? Yeah, exactly. My car's I mean, going to blow up. Yeah, I mean, look like they say at the end of Chinatown, he's, he just tells, you know, Jack Nicholson, like, that's Chinatown, you know? And in this case, you know, that's that's the mafia life, you know? That's... <laughs> that it, it is it, what it is. It is what it yeah. is. Yeah, it's it's what it is. You know, that's the... That I think is the gist of the movie. They all know it going uh, in, but, I, you know, it makes me think, like, what if... what if, You know, imagine if they just did things slightly differently, you know? What if they... Whoever that... Um, I was a Salerno, the, the the big guy, the the fat guy, you know the, yeah 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 Tony, something. which is funny because this reminds me of I think I said I sort of been great as Paul Sorvino, Paulie from, yeah he yeah that would from Goodfellas because what Scorsese is essentially showing you on screen is the fat guy is is the big guy he's literally the big guy he's the guy in right, charge yeah. you know the biggest guy in the room <laughs> it's like Job of the Hut right, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yep but you know what if you know he just said nobody kills anybody. And that's it. That's the rule. And you kill someone, you're done. Anyone associated with you is done. No killing. Because the killing is just insane. It, it, it never ends, right? Even some right, things yeah. can be justified. I, I can see that. You know, like that one uh, that one little side detour story, uh, detour story of the um, that one actor. I don't know. Uh, I think he's a comedian. You know what I'm talking about? That one. Oh, Sebastian Maniscalco. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he, yeah, he gets... Uh, uh, because he was in prison and he got the black uh, black community to side with him and had a black guy shoot somebody. I forget who right. it was. But I mean, yeah, this guy was someone it. who probably deserved it, right? But right, even yeah. still, you just, you gotta, I don't know what, the, this killing stuff is out of line. I mean, it just, it's obviously yeah. destructive. <laughs> I mean, but that that was a great yeah. scene though when he like has the guy drop him off. He goes into the diner, oh, turns around, shoots him, and it, right in front of his kids. Oh. You know, it's like damn. And I love how they even bring up like we, you know, we'll shoot the bodyguard in the in the kneecap or the hip. You know, he didn't do nothing wrong. Right, you know? right, right. We, you know, we don't want to hurt him. <laughs> um, oh, but uh, yeah, it's just yeah, it's br- a brutal life, man. Brutal. Um, and then, yeah, yeah, so, I mean, he kills Hoffa, and then in, on the news, it says he's been missing for days, and that's when he's watching TV with, with Anna Paquin, and De Niro's wife asks him, like, have you called Joe, which is Hoffa's wife, and, um, he's like, uh, no, I, I gotta call her, and that's, this is basically Anna Paquin's only lines in the whole yeah. movie, 
she's like, why? Why haven't you called her? You know? She knows. Um, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's uh, it's obvious to her. Um, and uh, and yeah, and then he he goes up to make a phone call to Joe, and man, this is uh, this is this is a tough scene to watch here when he's talking to Joe, saying, you know, he can tell tell he's just full of guilt, full of guilt talking to her. He's the man who killed her husband. Uh, in this movie, anyways, we don't really know what happened, but uh, trusted the man him. killed her husband. I mean, yeah, this is—he's not just a guy. I mean, he's essentially right. He's a family friend, you know. That they, they yeah. you know, I don't know. It, they were so close, and he was with him for all—I mean, how many years now? Right, thirty years, something. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, and uh, yeah, the way he, the way De Niro uh, acts this scene, I thought was brilliant. Some of the best uh, acting De Niro has done in in a long time. Really, really good. You know, talking to her, basically saying like, "I th- I think he'll be okay. He's gonna be okay." You know, it's uh, it's 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 heartbreak. It's uncomfortable, heartbreaking to watch. But uh, but man, is it pulled off pulled off well uh, by De Niro here? Um, and uh, and yeah, I mean that's essentially De Niro's end his end of his relationship with his family. Um, they never talked to him uh, again. Yeah, he, he ends he ends up going to jail with Joe Pesci. <laughs> no playing uh, uh, Speaking of which, speaking of which, Dave, uh, have you ever had bread dipped in grape juice, <laughs> or is it wine? Is it grape juice it's or definitely wine? wine? I don't even know. Are you sure? Because in the prison, well, I guess in the prison they had. Grape I thought juice. they were. Well, I thought right, they were so joking. Have you ever had bread dipped in wine? <laughs> I thought they were joking in prison that it was. Well, maybe it was just grape juice. I don't know, but I thought maybe they actually got wine and they were saying grape juice. I'm not sure. Uh, okay, yeah, that makes more sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I haven't, but that looked great. Get a nice crusty bread. <laughs> you dip it in the wine and you yeah. talk. That sounds that sounds very Italian and very good. But man, old old man Pesci in the prison looks so depressing. <laughs> like he's like shaking. He's got one arm up. He can he can't really eat the bread because he's not got no teeth. You know, De Niro can barely stand. He needs a cane, but can't have a cane because it could be used as a weapon in prison. You know, so it's uh yeah it's so yeah I mean this this last half hour of the movie is just kind of De Niro just kind of you know he's going he's going downhill you know he's he's becoming an old man and you know this this is his life his daughter won't talk to him uh he's picking out coffins uh it's something you can't fight i mean that's you can't shoot your way out of that you can't make a deal out of that you're all just gonna right this is the way you're gonna end up you know you can't fight time right exactly you you, you can't can't go up to the go up in the street and shoot time in the face and uh make it stop and uh yeah no that's a that's a that's a good point um they're left having to reckon with who they are and what they've become right yeah 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 it's uh it's you know it's you know it's very scorsese uh it's very uh almost remind me of ridley too uh ridley scott you know kind of dealing i don't know cuz he always deals with mortality yeah yeah and, great point you know meeting your maker and all that which you bring up i do bring lot. up a, yeah this um, that's, yeah this one yeah that's very similar there yeah because it's like well what do i what's what's the point of all this is you're it's certainly right. as the characters and the audience you're like christ man you're just gonna end up you should have just drove a truck and just 
didn't steal and just kept your head down and, and your family would have loved you. He would have been a lot happier in the end, I'll tell you that. I mean, he's got a priest yeah. come in there to try to help him and it's really not helping him. The priest leaves and he's like, don't shut the door, keep it open. And I think that he's literally keeping the door open for he wants a family member to come walk in. and Yeah, yeah, and also... It's. Uh, I think it's a callback to when uh, he's first staying with Jimmy Hoffa in the uh, hotel, and Jimmy Hoffa closes his door to his yeah, bedroom, yeah. but not all the way. Uh, you know, I. I think yeah, it's it's just kind of yeah yeah he's he's wanting a family member to come, but at the same time, you know, I think it's just the life he's led that you know the door can never be closed. You know, it's it's always it's always got to stay open. Um, well, like he's gonna yeah, go. Someone's uh, gonna hire him. He's gonna go do a hit. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe he's wait, waiting for that. Uh, you know that posting he put on Craigslist. Maybe he's uh, waiting for the the callback. Yeah, on that. house painter for hire. Uh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I kind of want to go on Craigslist now and see if there's any ads like that and be like, whoa. Slash, I do my own carpentry. Uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean that's 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 pretty much uh, the film. I mean, is there any other points you wanted to bring? I don't up? think so. I mean, this this movie is so long and there's so much in it. But um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, we hit on all the main things. Uh, I thought the cast was really good. Uh, someone I want to mention. Uh, well, we mentioned Ray Romano, who I love always. Um, uh, Bobby Cannavale uh, played Skinny. I really like him, and he's he kind of yeah. turned into. A, Kind of almost morphed into a Chaz Palminteri, <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> yeah, he uh, did. but I really like him as an actor, so I thought he did a great job. Um, you know, everyone sort of plays a role in this hierarchy and in this universe, and it's interesting to see who the the low guys, the middle guys, the high guys are, and how they how they all right. work together. And then someone who wants to shake things up and rise in the ranks, you know, and. It's normal. It's mostly done by violence, and it's just crazy. Right? And I, you know, I want to say, I don't think Scorsese. I think Scorsese's maybe been criticized for romanticizing this stuff. And this, I don't think there's any romanticism at all. I think, I think we're, I think no. we're sort of left with, well, what the f- mother f was this thirty, forty year period that people were doing this stuff? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. It it really makes you you question that and just like and again like <laughs> as i said before people actually did this people live like this um now i i went and uh watched some youtube videos on the real frank shireen and in the jimmy hoffa story oh, okay, cool. uh i don't okay i was gonna ask if you did. I don't know anything obviously not okay um i, I there's people who don't believe his story because i mean he basically said the story he said in the film um that he did it um but the stuff i watch i'm pretty convinced that he he did actually do it and they just incinerated him like they did in the movie i know de niro's convinced Um, and that was partially how the genesis of how the movie came because de niro read the book and went to went to marty and said we got to make this yeah yeah and i I know martin we call him marty very uh (laughs) I, i was going to and i I didn't want to, you know, copy of you, but, uh, but yeah, Mar- <laughs> Marty, uh, he, um, you know, he said De Niro was, you know, this book moved him, you know, it made him emotional and, you know, that, and that's kind of what persuaded right. Marty to make the movie. Um, so no, I'm, I'm super glad it was made and, and, you know, uh, I, I'll, 
I'll put it on here and there, you know, just watch bits and pieces of it. It's going to be hard to sit through again, yeah. you know, all the way through. I'll certainly um, probably watch, but, the, like I said, the first third. I think that's probably the most watchable, and I'll, I'll probably throw that on. And I think there's scenes you can skip around even towards the yeah, end, yeah. though, to, you know, to fully digest it. Uh, so how do you uh, how do you rate this bad all right, boy? All right, so just, uh, just a, one more piggyback on top of you is this yeah. is a movie that, would, as we said, you know, would not have been made were not for netflix martin yep. freaking scorsese couldn't get a studio to make this movie that's just crazy i know but yeah i mean again i kind of see it you know yes we love de niro we love pesci we love you know pacino everything like that but but yeah i mean it, everyone's going to pay movies pay money for marvel movies and which he and, hates Yes, <laughs> he he does, and uh, I respect him for you know, for saying that. To be honest, I, I I respect it. I I I love Marvel movies, but I hate that they take away from films like this. Yeah, and they've changed exactly. They've you changed know. the landscape of film to the point where Martin Scorsese can't get a studio to make his freaking movie. Right. Exactly. Exactly. That's what I hate yeah. about it. It's because it's. Uh, I don't want to get people mad, but it's people who want mindless, just action movies. It's simple-minded America that wants these movies because they don't want to feel anything. They want to just be entertained. I love these movies. I love to be entertained well, by them. Yeah. But we also need these movies that actually tell a story about people. Heck, man. Yeah, um, there was this little controversy about the uh, I don't know his his, his name the uh, the main the lead for Aladdin. Um, he was complaining about not getting an audition. Yeah, but the point is, <laughs> it's not necessarily he doesn't deserve uh, an audition. Certainly, he does. He was he was fine in the movie, but that movie, which was I'm saying, here's the point: the movie sucked, and that that movie made a billion dollars. And the argument was a billion dollars. A lead, yep. this lead actor the, from a movie that made a billion dollars can't get an audition. Okay, on paper that sounds right, but that movie was terrible. And you know, maybe right. he he should get an audition. Yeah, okay, but you know, why is this movie making a billion dollars? And you know, again, Scorsese can't get a studio to make his money. So we're talking about you know what what's going on here with audiences. I don't know. I mean, we're just gonna put out something like that. I mean, did you see Aladdin? I thought it was genuinely terrible. Yeah, we did. Oh, we did. Yeah. Uh, so you saw Dave, it. So yeah. <laughs> go listen to yes. our episode. Now. <laughs> yes, it was not. It was not great. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's just. It, yeah, it's come to a point where it's just. Yeah, it's it, these movies are making money, even though they're not great. People are on a nostalgia craze these days. And good cinema know, might, might be wanna... just niche. I mean, you, you know this. Right. The Scarlett Johansson, Adam Driver movies you mentioned. That's on Netflix. That's not out in theaters. You know. Um, Right. I mean, I yeah. refuse to watch it, but still, it doesn't mean it's not a good movie. <laughs> oh, you're you're going to watch it, honestly. I I thought Joaquin had a uh, best actor locked, Ooh. but after seeing this, Adam Driver's uh, coming oh, coming. Wow. Forward. Okay. Interesting. Great. Uh, so, yes. are you ready for my rating? So, hopefully, that persuades you. I'm not there um, yet. But... Yes, please. Pl- <laughs> <laughs> shut up. Yeah. So, just to give a rating on this thing in terms of stars, I'm going to give this thing four solid stars. It's not high enough to get a fifth, although this is a great, great production by Martin Scorsese, and the acting was amazing. And I don't know if we even mentioned this yet, or at least maybe we hinted at it. it was that this is the last hurrah for this group? And in some ways, was the one and only hurrah because we got Pacino in here. It was the first time Scorsese directed Pacino. 
but in terms of popcorn slash entertainment value, I'm just going to give this thing two buckets, eh, one bucket, three and a half hours. When you For a movie that, you know, for at least me, has got to watch it over two days, it's way too long. It's a slog. And it's not, it's really not appealing to the general audience, despite everything we just said about how we want studios to want to make these. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, what we were saying didn't apply to you. But um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I am someone who gives half stars, unlike you, you now do just full solid stars. 100%. I, I, also, I also give this a four star. Uh, I thought it was very well made. It's classic Scorsese, amazing acting. Um, yeah, just yeah, four four out of five stars. Uh, and uh, two, two and a half buckets of popcorn. Again, the first hour were very was very entertaining. Yep. Um, but yeah, the length the length kills it for for popcorn for me. Yeah, too. because it's not three. Uh, it's it's not Lord of the Rings, right? Where it's three hours of action. Right, yeah, mindless action that we were talking about for. <laughs> hey, Lord of the Rings America. is not mindless. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that's uh, that's my rating, and uh, yeah, finally Irishman. Like you said, man, last hurrah. I mean, essentially, yeah, this this is uh, for this group. I'm glad Pacino and and Scorsese finally collaborated with something. Now, Scorsese looks but, like he's got uh, a lot left in the tank. I think. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think I've said this before, but yeah, it seems like. Uh, directors uh you know it's rarer for them to uh you know kind of go downhill as it is for actors i think it's it's a lot easier for an actor yeah, point. to lose his way but for directors i think they always have that vision inside them look at look at Clint Eastwood he's 89 years old and he's still a visionary oh, yeah, and I mean, can tell a great Richard story. Jewell movie i'm going to see that i w- i want to see it uh yeah. and- but you won't you won't watch marriage marriage story. That's correct. Um, oh, but by the way, you know this th- three and a half hour movie <laughs> occupied so much of this show just us talking about plot, whereas we really didn't talk about how great the score was, and we really didn't talk about how great the camera work was in this movie. This was so good. Yeah, I mean it's it's Scorsese. I mean it goes without saying it's a Scorsese. But it's movie. like it has great music. Yeah, it has you know great. Great camera work, great cinematography. But it's not mailing it in, uh, though. I mean, this is as good. This no. this work here is as good yeah. as all of his best work, I think. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, who had the better performance, Pacino or Pesci? Oh, Pacino, definitely. I mean, Pesci was great in a, in a really reserved sort of role, but definitely going to go Pacino, even though I was waiting for him to get his head blown off. Wow, I'm surprised actually that you said that, especially after it seemed like you said he was over the top a lot, but I I, I agree with you. I, I'm going Pacino. He was, I mean, I'm great I'm and surprised. A, you I'm great on a curve there with Pesci because he literally came out of retirement and I don't know if he even read the script and just walked in and... <laughs> I know, he's like, all right, line. <laughs> Next. <laughs> When's lunch? <laughs> Pacino gave an amazing performance. Right. I think this is a, a this is almost two movies in a sense, but it was more of editing and, and story gone wild a bit. But everything everything yeah. he did was great acting. I mean, it was genuinely. I don't mean to give the impression that what he did was bad on screen. It was great, but for the movie, it was just too much. Yeah, definitely. All right, and folks. Well, that is it for us. Uh, you can follow the show at uh, Blockbuster Cast. You can follow me at B Secord. Right. 
Dave is at Dave it's underscore over. Quist. The, the Be sure to follow our sister hours. podcast at Disney Plus Talk, show. where we talk a lot the of the Mandalorian right now. Get out. Um, but yeah, Let's we'll go ahead and I think we'll end the show. It's taking too long. Yeah, yeah, we'll end the show. All right, folks. Well, that is it for us. home. I'm just waiting for the thing to end. Just kill me. The priest won't absolve me of my sins. I, nah, gonna nah, no me. priest will absolve for, Dave of any sins. Death, just take me Folks, at this point. that is My it for us. Talk to me. For Dave, <laughs> I'm, I'm Ben. And as always, grab some popcorn, grab some snacks. We'll catch you guys at the movies. Bye.